everyone, it's Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats, presented by Desire, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Thad DeBrock is a guitarist that you've probably heard his riffs in, such as for acts Chromeo, St. Vincent, David Byrne, Graham Nash, and wait, are my notes right? Nelly? He's also done Broadway shows such as American Psycho and The Share Show. Me and Thad met in Williamsburg, and we used to chat about the music industry jokes and dating <laughs> wait is my notes right <laughs> he would come in with Graham nash and i thought it was his dad give it up for thad DeBrock. oh my god well you know it's funny you know my name's actually tad but it's spelled t-h-a-d oh so it is tad i mean i've been calling you thad and tad well, it's spelled t-h-a-d it's always my, my mom just messed everybody up oh wow same with my mom you know my my name is rashad but Everyone calls me Rashad, and my mom calls me Rashad. And I'm like, what? Oh, does she really? Yeah. Why my does mom she calls that? me Rashad, and my dad doesn't even call me anything. And then he's like, come here, boy. No, I'm just kidding. He but, must call. I mean, if he gets angry, I bet he calls you your first name, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or probably like a made-up name that, you know, that uh, people just like, you know. <laughs> where's your mom from? My mom, my mom, my parents are from Malaysia. Okay. So is it an accent? Is it a, just like a, is that like, she pronounces it that way because that's how people pronounce your name in I mean, no, I mean, Rashad's definitely not a common name in Malaysia. So I have no idea why she calls me that. And again, I'm like, you know, when I go out, I tell people, oh, yeah, my name is Rashad. And they're like, oh, yeah, but what, what's your real name? And I'm like, what? They say that? No, they That's don't. That's so weird. I always feel like that, that would be a weird thing to say to somebody. Like doubting that their name is not, you know. I know. I know. But, you know. Ridiculous. That's just Ridiculous. the name of the game. Are you named after someone? Yeah, I'm, I'm named after Ahmad Rashad. The Are you really? Yeah. And, I mean, football player. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. I was going to. Why him? Uh, my dad shit the fan one day when he was trying to figure out names to name me. And in the ER hospital room, he saw Ahmad Rashad on TV. Actually, when he was doing real TV back then. And he was like, I'm going to call him Rashad. Yeah. When, well, when he was, a, he was a, a, a sportscaster by then, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Minnesota when he was on the Vikings. Oh, wow. You you lived in Minnesota. So many people I know have lived in Minnesota. Yeah. It's kind of insane. It's kind of, it's, I mean, do you miss it? I bet you don't miss it now. Well, I mean, I was there when I was a kid, you know, like in elementary school and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have very fond memories of it because it was like a really kind of a cool place to be. Lots of great music, you know, and yeah, I mean, you know, one of my favorite memories, you know, my parents are like huge music lovers, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's probably why I got into music, you know, because my parents would always listen to records. But when I was so, you know, I'm a bit older than everybody else nowadays, (laughs) but, but, but but when I was a kid, like, 
Purple Rain, when that came out, that Prince record came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a Prince fan already and lived in Minneapolis, you know. So when that came out, it fucking blew my mind. And like, and then uh, like I knew everything about it. And then my parents, my mom got me tickets for Prince, the a concert purple uh, for the Purple Rain tour on Christmas Eve in Minneapolis. That's amazing. And my, my dad took me. Yeah, it's pretty... Yeah. See, I wish my parents were huge music lovers. I mean, they are, but I grew up on Tony Braxton and and Michael Jackson. So that's all we played in the car. So well, that's pretty awesome. Those are pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. I just wish my dad had a record player and did the whole thing. But instead, uh, I went to school for music here and there for like, I mean, in high school and middle school, you know, learning the trumpet, played that all my life and then got into guitar as well. So yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar. You you know, this is what I miss talking to you at the coffee shop. You know, I was always looking forward to clowning you when you came in and like knowing what date number you're on, you know, you also had the best looks too. You know, you, you always look like you woke up on a tour bus or you woke up on an air mattress, but you, you know, you always looked super slick with your leather jacket. And I was like, who's yeah. this guy? And I was like, when you came in, I was like, Tad is a rock star, you know? Or is he just like a singer songwriter? You know, which are you? <laughs> this day and age, you know, like there's so many rappers, like, you know, Post Malone, he's like, a, he's a rock star or Playboy Cardi just loves the punk lifestyle. And ba- he basically has his album covers based off like Slash Magazine and, and charge GBH, you know, indie musicians aren't really rock stars. They're more like folk stars, but can singer songwriters be rock stars too? Yeah. Can't they? Well, it depends. What's the, what's the definition of a rock star, I guess. Exactly. I mean, anybody can be a rock star, right? Anyone can. You just got to live it, right? Whatever that means. I guess I, <laughs> it's all in the definition, I guess. Right. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I remember last time we talked, you write for actors who want to be rock stars, but they pretty much stay singer songwriters. <laughs> well, that's what they want to be. They want to tell stories, I guess. You know? They do. They do. And like, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a singer songwriter, but then I thought it was all Gibson songbird shit. You know, like... I'm just going to pick up an acoustic guitar, figure out which one suits me. And then here goes nothing. But then I meet you and you change that whole thing for me, but that's just so late in the game. And then now I'm like figuring out more and more about you every single day, you know, from playing in like playing at CBGB's, you know, what was that like? Oh, that's incredible. I mean, that was a different time. (laughs) I mean, that was, that was a while ago now you know i mean that was but it was amazing like to think back about it like uh because like i mean by the time i was playing there it was getting towards the end of its life you know Mm -hmm. um but amazing because like you know it was the same dump it had always been yeah i mean you wouldn't go to the bathroom in the bathroom because there were no doors on the bathrooms (laughs) you know and uh but like amazing Oh God, it was like the it probably definition. They should have pictures of that, you know, in, on Wikipedia for a dive bar. But but it was great because we 
I was playing with this one guy in uh, <clears throat> Hilly who owned CBGBs. We would, we would like, uh, we like, and that, that picture I posted was probably like right after a meeting we had had with him, or I think it was right before because the door was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and we had a meeting because he was gonna kind of, he was gonna put this guy on his record label. And the guy was, that's an interesting story too, because the guy who was playing with was this guy named Nick Strauss and his dad wrote the music for Annie and Bye Bye Birdie. And like, so Nick got somehow connected with Hilly and Hilly kind of liked it. So we started playing there on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and we recorded like a live record there and stuff. It was really, I mean, it was, I mean, at the moment, you're just like, you're playing gigs and you're just psyched that you're doing anything, you know, yeah. but but not a lot of people, you know, that's not something that happens to a lot of people, but, no. but amazing. No. It was great to have that experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I always wanted to go to CBGBs so bad, but, you know, I was 16 and I learned a lot about it, you know, I knew it was on the, the Bowery growing up and you know, yeah. I would love to see how I could get my ass up to NYC, but um, to just yeah. to, take, to take a look of it outside, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really a shame. But, you know, I mean, it's a shame it's gone, but everything, you know, everything, nothing lasts forever, you know? Nothing lasts forever. And there are always new joints that will become something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Did you ever play at Electric Lady? Oh, the studio, the recording yeah. studio. I've, I've never worked there. That's that studio. I think that's one of the only places that exists now that I've never worked at. No way. I wish. Be cool. I was asked a couple of times, but I couldn't. The scheduling wasn't working out. Oh, at least you've been asked. That says but a lot, right there, though. But it's just a, you know, I mean, it's of course, it's a, a huge monumental place but it's still just a place that people can rent out you know i mean you're renting the space to work there so i mean i mean i'm not like downplaying Jimi hendrix because i mean obviously you know but but uh yeah it would have been cool but i worked other places that were just as cool and yeah such as anywhere for as far as I'm concerned, if you're playing music or doing what you love somewhere, that's a cool place to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, but, but there's a place, it's changed hands a lot now. It used to be Avatar, mm-hmm. and now it's the power station. I think it started out as a power station, now it, and it went to Avatar, and now it's back to the power station. I definitely heard of power station. That's. I mean, the place, endless, hundreds and hundreds of, big records have been made there mm-hmm. everyone you could you could name an artist i'm sure tony braxton's record was probably made there damn um thriller wasn't because i think that was pretty much made in la mm-hmm. um but there possibly could have been some michael jackson record there i'm sure maybe my guess is he set foot in in that place you know mm-hmm. but everyone springsteen uh wilco I mean, I'm like not even getting close to the big names, I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. And I'll never consider Wilco a big name because. No, why not? I don't, I don't understand why people like Wilco. It's. They're I mean, amazing. I, 
says you. <laughs> and yeah, I guess a lot of other people. And a too. lot of other people, yeah. yeah. God damn. What what kind of music do you like to play? Anything that's good, if I I'm or, or just expressive and mm. and feels honest, especially if it feels honest, it always good. You know, no matter if you're playing with somebody, if you're playing with somebody you like, and you know, like you you believe in what they do, and you feel like it's not uh, bullshit. You know. Whatever that means. I mean, these are all just words, but like, you know, you just love it and and hope and honestly, right now, I mean, God, especially the pandemic, like it's a whole new perspective on playing music and like if you're given an opportunity to play, it's a whole other perspective because you know, it's not happening a lot. No. So no. But, no, but you know, you have been you have been gigging out. Um, so you've been doing this thing called PLM Music Review. What, what is that? Oh, that's been an idea, um, a really fun idea. Like uh, my buddy JJ in Appleton, somebody gave him a pickup truck, a Toyota Tacoma, uh-huh. like in July, you know, and. And I was texting with him because he just lives around the corner. And and uh, he's like, you know, I'm thinking about going out and just parking and just hopping in the back and playing some blues. And I'm like, that sounds really fun. I want to do that, too. That's a great <laughs> yeah, idea. Because we'd never we hadn't been playing that much, you know, and I bought, you know, a, a battery powered amp and and he did, too. And, and then we started doing it. And it was really amazing yeah, and like it's in this time when not a lot of things are happening. We were going out and we would find ourselves, um, no matter where we went, we always got a handful. There was always somebody who was like really nice and you could just feel a love for like, wow, I've really missed live music and, and uh, really fun. I mean, we played, we used to play, we played a lot over at North 8th and and uh barry you know where george and jacks is right on the corner from where in williamsburg yeah from uh the coffee shop right and we would a lot of people would stop by and you know we we were doing it also donating a lot of the proceeds to the campaign against hunger in bedside we raised a few thousand dollars of food for them over the last eight months so it's been that's been really really fun and just to it's amazing. Like I was telling JJ about this is like, it was the first time in a long time I felt an energy where playing in front of people were like, it was, re- they were really psyched to be there. No matter how big of somebody I played for, I don't think I've ever felt that kind of love. I mean, I felt you feel a lot of love, but in this case it was crazy and it made it more important. Definitely different from being on stage. Well, it's all the same. I mean, it's, all the same. Play, it's crazy where you, you know, a gig you can play anywhere. You can. Does and it feel like you're like, and not enhancing, but it's somewhat similar. Back in the day, people would do performances on the subway. Oh, definitely. It was got. Uh, it's. I mean, it is busking. I think mm-hmm. you know, because you're not asked to play somewhere. It's not necessarily a gig. Yeah. You know? And, and then if you're getting tipped, I guess that's totally busking. Definitely. definitely. So, you also go into the city too, which is great. 
Yeah, we go over to Tompkins Square Park, and that's been a, a hot spot. I can't believe how many people would stop by and, and say hi and, and listen, hang out. I mean, people were hanging out, and it was and it wasn't like it wasn't like the concerts you hear about in Long Island where people are like going full on. Yeah, and like there's no distancing or anything. These yeah. people were very, very um respectful of everybody, but yet hanging out. And then, you know, like I said. We'd get done with the song. Somebody would walk up and go, thank you. Thanks for playing. I needed this. Definitely. You're changing <laughs> lives. Oh, well, it's changing my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I needed that. This is, it's been a mentally tough time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. You used to play gigs like all the time, every single second. Yeah. I'm definitely on the luckier side. Cause I, I think I, I know a lot of people, you know, and I still like, I get, still called to play on recordings and stuff, but I know a lot of people were struggling. Yeah. What's crazy is that last night I also had a dream that I was at a concert. Yeah. And I... What concert, do you know? I don't remember the concert, but I remember the concert promoter slash like owner venue. He, his name is Sean Agnew and he got me into a bunch of, of my first concerts and shows back in Philadelphia. He has a production company called R5 Productions. What shows did he get you into? He got me into, to be honest with you, he got me into a bunch of shows that like I actually like liked awesome. um, growing up. You know, he hooked them up, which is really generous. And um, there were times when like there were like overage stuff, he would also get me in, but he had them at the First Unitarian Church back in, in Philadelphia. Where, where is but, that? Is that West Philly? It's, it's like close to West Philly. It's still in the city, but it's not over the bridge yet. But he he's definitely he had he runs union transfer and unfortunately closed venue boot and saddle but i i believe it will come back Where was the- I, I feel like all these venues will definitely come back i know that there's niva that does the venue association that's been trying to help uh venues and and people that work the venues but it's kind of wild that when there are bands and acts that are trying to put on live shows it's like the worst shows that you don't want to even see and you're like risking your life i haven't gone to a show since um the last show i went to was in brooklyn steel to go see destroyer i don't want and i also saw orville peck at the moma so those are my two last notable shows that i've seen but i i'm not trying to risk to go see anyone that's like not really up my alley but when shows do start coming back, it's going to be like a madhouse, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. But but then and then, listen. By the time shows start coming back, we're going to be there's going to be a very good hold of what's going on. I mean, shows things start opening up again because the numbers are going down. It's still going to be a while till shows can really happen. You yeah. know, Primavera because just it, did a a thing out in Test Festival recently and had like a thousand people come through and they were trying to figure it all out and apparently they did figure it all out so did they distance like were they i'm not too sure if they distanced but they tested everyone and so it goes to show that they were being you know responsible in some sort of way but yeah yeah, it's it's also too early to tell you know we're so early and still in the same stages but who knows i like I've actually never seen you like, you know, what's even more not regretting or anything like that. Cause everyone now just feels, you know, Oh, I wish I went to the show. I wish I went to that show. 
Yeah, I I miss all the shows that you've invited me to come see you play, and I've never came to any of them. And I wish I've actually <laughs> seen you. You're like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. It'll happen again. You know. Yeah, hope so. Hope so. I mean, I remember when I came to your house and you were ripping. That was really cool, and I got to see like, you know, all the guitars that you have. Like, all right, so what are you gigging? What do you What are you gigging right now? What What's What guitars do you have? What's your setup? Oh, I got a lot of. It depends on what I'm doing, but uh, I've been practicing banjo a lot. Really. Yeah, because I've got a thing coming up in a couple of weeks where I have to play banjo. Yeah, so you, you've gone through the whole thing. So you have banjo. What other instruments do you have besides? I have a pedal steel guitar. That's right. And basses. Because, you know, like I wind up doing a lot of different kinds of work. Like, like if somebody sends me a recording being like, well, I mean, some people just send recordings like they want guitar. But then like they also, if they know me at all, they'll be like, do whatever you want to do and like, go for it, you know? So like, if I'm hearing a mandolin or a banjo on their recording, I'll, I'll record one, you know? So, so, you know, guitars, banjo, mandolin, pedal steel, but mostly guitar and basses and a couple other odd instruments, you know, but. Was guitar the thing that you wanted to play growing up? Like, was that? I never thought about it necessarily. I just did it because I was crazy about it. You know, I was like, when I was 13, I started really playing guitar and it was like, there was no looking back. Like I never predicted any of this. I don't even know what I thought I was going to be doing. Maybe I thought I was going to be in Kiss or something, you know? Yeah, but, you look apart. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I think I'm too young for them actually. So, but, um, but yeah, it's like, I never thought about it, you know, until I saw like at that time, Saturday Night Live had a band uh, that had this guy, G.E. Smith, who led the band. He was like this really cool guitar player, had tons of cool guitars. And he would, at that time, that band was playing with a lot of the, the artists who were coming on as the featured act. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then I never really thought about it until later. But then, because I went to school for like jazz and and I'm really into that too, but. What's so crazy is that we also, we, me and you, we went to the same school. We're like Philly guys. Yeah. Well, and how great's Philly? I mean, Philly is an amazing town for music. Like Philly is an amazing town for music, but we also, we both went to Temple University. Yeah, yeah. Another Temple alumni that I'm staring at right now, which is kind of crazy because we both live in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. And I just always see, you know, people that had like a similar different lifestyle than mine i don't know it's like we're we've been in the same same lane but like i guess we can relate you know we can talk about shit absolutely i mean because you want to go for shit you know you're you're out there like trying to expand the way you express yourself and you know what i mean of course and i think that's like the similar track and and that's why like i think i loved philly too like because there was a lot of people like that Mm. You know, or at least the people I hung out with. I mean, some of those people who I hung out with are here now. So, yeah. So it's like, I love Philly. Yeah. I miss Philly a lot at times because like, but you just don't have the same opportunities in Philly as you do here. You know, definitely not. So the guitars that you have, you have Gibson guitars. Yeah. I have a lot of Gibsons. You have a lot of Gibson. Wow. He has a lot of Gibson. Not, (laughs) you know. Wow. So this is the, you know, guitarist lifestyle. They have a lot of Gibsons. Uh, you have any Fenders? 
Oh yeah, I have a number. I've got a lot of guitar. I mean, I mean, I don't want to. I don't think I should re- reveal that. Like his secrets. Well, you know, you don't want people <laughs> to know. You know, but I love guitar. So you know, doing recording sessions, you kind of like have a, a variety, a whole variety. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, I have Gretsch guitars, Fenders, Gibsons. That's amazing. See, look, I have a Gibson acoustic electric of a, a Fender, you know, and you have Fender, right? You've, and you do still have that 335 or it was close to a 335. Oh yeah, I know. I sold that. I sold that, but I do want, I do want a, a newer one, but like an older version. Um, of a 335 or a, something. Yeah, a 335. Uh, I'm still st- stuck on that. It was either going to be a 335 or still with, you know, or, you know, a Gretsch looking style. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 335, but, that's amazing because it's you know again here we are similar like i i want to own a gretsch guitar so bad i love the the whole rockabilly looking you know it's i mean there's such a sound you know it's such a sound have you dude now that i'm like reminiscing i do you remember have you ever played the bowery the bowery ballroom yeah 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 god great Blake. great place Great place. I played there once with it, man. I love this band. I've only played a few times with them called the Damn Wells. And they, that, oh God, this was, I'm trying to remember that. It was maybe like 2011 or something like that. And those guys are so good. That guy, this guy, Alex, uh, Alex Deason's the lead singer songwriter. Mm-hmm great songs great songs and they had a great following and I, we played there can yeah we played two nights in a row because they could sell it out and it was so much fun so wow. much fun there and i played there. the gramercy theater no i've never played the gramercy theater i'm just like name dropping like like new york city venues right now then i'm just like <laughs> reminiscing of like all the spots you know have you ever played at um uh, music hall of Williamsburg. Yes, I played like the first week with this band called Fire Firehorse. This girl Leah Siegel kind of fronted that band. Well, she did front that band. Um, wow. There, the only place I haven't played really, like the ones that are really well known, I've never played at Madison Square Garden, um, and I never played at. Uh, never played the Gramercy. Mm-hmm. I've never played. I don't. I can't remember. Oh, never played the Nokia. <laughs> Those places. Freaking Times Square out here. But you've played a better theater. I mean, you've played at uh, King's Theater. Oh yeah, I've never played King's Theater. That'd be amazing. That's an amazing. I've seen shows there. I wish I played there. Oh man. Yeah. I saw shows. Actually, I saw Saint Vincent there when she was touring by herself. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Shoot, that was an incredible show. She's amazing. She's an amazing. We, I, the only, you know, the only time I worked with her was da- this David Byrne project. Like, because mm-hmm. he did a thing called Contemporary Colors. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the flag, you know, flag teams? Or, or, or uh, Color Guard? In oh, high- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So David Byrne decided that Color Guard was an American art form. Kind of is, because it's not really anywhere else in the world. No. And so he decided it was an American art form and reached out to all these teams and then got friends of his to write songs for each team. And they would do choreography 
and compete with that song and the choreography throughout the year. Now, at the end of this year, he arranged for four shows to be played. Two were in Toronto at the Air Canada Center and two were here at the Barclays. And, and we did them. Um, and so what he got was he got each artist who wrote the songs to play with, to do the song live while the teams did their uh, choreography. Damn, it what was, was it like working with David Byrne? Incredible, incredible. Because he's just an easy guy, you know? Like, if he's into it, he's into it. If he's not, he's not into it. You know what I mean? Like, usually if he's not into it, he's, you know, not around. He's just... No. But if he is, you're, you know he is because he's just, like, grinning from ear to ear because he's loving music at that moment, you know? Have you ever read his book, How Sound um, or something? You know, I started, but it, it got a little... It got like I kind of couldn't keep my focus. It, it got yeah, a me too. Very analytical, right? Like, oh my god, very, very, very. I'm a stories guy. Like, I like the stories, like the biographies, because it well, obviously wasn't a biography, but no, but uh, but he's a, a an amazing, unbelievable how you know he has ideas and he follows through. You know, it's pretty incredible. You know? Is there an artist that you've worked with? who basically changed your life or, you know, or is it just like every artist that you work with is always something new all the time? There's always something new. It's not like you ever like go, Oh yeah, I did this gig. No. Cause it's like, you know, it's like, they're all people. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, that's a great thing about people. You meet everybody you meet. If you give them a chance, they'll show you something, you know? I mean, I think I was telling somebody, recently because i'm doing this thing coming up and and like i'm practicing this banjo thing because it's really something that i don't do a lot you know mm. and i'm like man i can't wait till i get called for a gig and it's just like completely easy because <laughs> it's just not you know usually like there's some element of the gigs i get called for that there's like one element where it's like you better start practicing you know Cause like, you don't want to fall on your face on the gig or even come close to it in rehearsals, you know? No, no. And you have like a whole range of artists that you work with. Like you, you don't even discriminate. You also play, <laughs> play church bands as well. I love it. I mean, I, you know, it's good. They don't discriminate by calling me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, people are giving me a chance to play music. I love that. You know? Yeah. I never, I don't like to use the word honored for that, but I, I appreciate it greatly. Yeah. I mean, and it's making, it's getting a chance to hopefully make magic, you know? And I mean, I'm not saying that it sounds weird, but, but it's true. No. And no. the magic is the joy it brings me for one, you know, the best part about playing, there's never ever problems when you're playing music, the problems happen between the songs. And if you forget what you're playing. Well, if you're present, though, it doesn't matter. You just keep playing. It's not a lot for some, but I love that. You're a professional guitarist, and I have you ever had like some type of stage fright or anything like that? Uh, have you ever like shit your pants and you're just like, I have no idea what the next chord is? Well, no, most of the time I, I know, but I have nightmares that I don't know. Yeah, I have like anxiety dreams all the time where I'm not prepared for something or other, but I used to, the first Broadway show I did was a show called Spring Awakening. Some of the creatives, not the composer, but some of the other creatives 
created a lot of un, unneeded uh, stress. Mm. And that show started with solo acoustic guitar. And boy, did I, I would be shaking like, <laughs> and our conductor who was amazing and is amazing. She's a super talented lady. Um, <laughs> she would get this look in her eye. Like there was like, it was terrifying, you know, like, and I would be like, you know, eventually it, it was like, well, let's see how it goes, you know, mm. and my legs would be shaking and, and I was sitting down and we were, and, you know, we're also like, we were on stage, but nobody was looking at us. You know, that was the thing you, it was hard to remember. Like no one's paying attention to you. They're paying attention to the person with the spotlight on. Yeah. But, but that was super nerve wracking. That was a great thing to go through because it was, it tore my emotional insides apart every night for a little while. Yeah. But I mean, then it got, then it got to a point where like, you know, people would let, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, and you're under such a microscope. So even like, you know how like you can finger a chord at times. And mm. I mean, every now and then, if you're not, something can go wrong, but like your finger might just hit another open string. So yeah. it kind of like creates this buzz, you know, that happens in a split second and it's gone. But in those situations, because everything is so magnified with the sound mm. for people in their headphones and everything, that like that happens and like like the conductor would get a whiff or like a little sound and be like uh oh it's like the world had just ended mm. for that split second and that was really tricky that was yeah i mean anybody who plays on broadway it's it's such a tense yeah. almost unneeded tension to play music cuz it's just music in the end you know but it is if you know, so you played with Graham Nash before, or like basically all the time, and David Byrne. Is there anyone that you would like to perform with someday? Anyone who calls, that's how I see it. Because I figure like there's there's people to play music with people is a great thing. Mm. And when you're creating the music with them, like with Graham, that was really fun because that music was beautiful. And I was playing, I was playing a lot of pedal steel. That's why I was playing on that gig is because I could play pedal steel. And like a good, a great handful of those tunes that I was playing pedal steel on, Jerry Garcia was the guy who played on the records, you know? Oh, so that was really an amazing situation. Mm. But sometimes like, I guess the ultimate is, I mean, listen, it's all great. If the music's great, it doesn't matter because you're good enough to make it, whatever you're playing, it becomes yours, mm -hmm. you know? But like, it's really fun to see the inception of a, a piece of music come from complete birth to, to like playing it in front of people mm -hmm. and being like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And you feel a lot of like, that was a lot of hard work and look, we got to play it for people. You know when you're I mean? not gigging, what do you what do you do when you're not playing the guitar? And like I've seen you run around town before, which I tried to stop you, but you were too fast. <laughs> That's Just not true. I, at I didn't all. want to stop you. <laughs> Man, I've been doing these classes in the morning, these exercise classes at McCarran Park. Mm -hmm. 
uh, <laughs> and like some of them, you know, they're like in between exercises, they do like 200 meter, or 400 meter, you know, laps. And oh my God, it's like some of these people are fast. Oh, of course. I mean, like they're, I mean, and, and we're, you know, it's in between doing circuits of burpees and all that stuff. And mm. so ridiculous. But uh, when I'm not playing guitar, I'm playing more guitar, probably practicing it and playing. I, mean, I love it. And I want to get better too. You know, I was telling somebody like, uh, you know, just trying to keep, positive and and fo moving forward you know Definitely. like i mean this thing is a ne ne never-ending journey the more you know you know they say the more you know the less you understand mm -hmm. so there's you know and especially now in this pandemic it's like i was telling a friend it's like a year from now i don't want to look back and being like wow i wasted a lot of time just worrying mm -hmm. you know at least i spent the time planning and practicing it's like oh yeah that's good that's good you know how we end the podcast is that if you were to get a chest tattoo quote in old english what would your chest tattoo quote? yeah uh-huh god i don't know i don't know what, what what are some of the answers some of the answers what you, gotta, you gotta check out the podcast uh, to hear hear them at the end, which is kind of crazy. Mine changes every single time. It does. What's yours today? Well, mine today is, you know, don't forget to water the plants. That's a quite a that's a long sentence, right? You know, uh, the last one. Uh, that would hurt. The last one I had a I had a guest who did a whole full body piece, and I was like. Great. My God, that would be crazy. A chest tattoo. I mean, that's... Or like, you know, a lyric. Have you ever... You've written lyrics before, right? Yeah, I'd never get my own lyrics written. Oh, of course not. Uh, what would I get? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I've probably never gotten a tattoo, you know? Um, but I guess just out of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do you get? Does anybody say every like what's the weirdest thing? I wonder. That's such an interesting. Anyways, let's see. I'm now just procrastinating, figuring out the answer to it. Uh, I don't know. Coffee. Perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I wait. Cold brew. Coffee just like written all across your chest. Wait. Let's let's make it specific. Cold brew. Let's. Oh let's, yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Well, Fan, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. This is Wear Main Hats with your host, Rashad, presented by Desar. We out.